I think teaches uh, humility and it also inspires you to really get it right the next time around. So I think failure is an important part of how we should be uh, you know, embracing it as, as we as leaders kind of lead teams and initiatives. Welcome to the Being Human is Good for Business podcast. In each episode, the leadership development experts at Trilogy Effect explore how the process of self-discovery unleashes potential in us all. Now, here's your host, Sherilyn Starkey. Hi, I'm Sherilyn Starkey, and welcome to the Being Human is Good for Business podcast. Now, recently, Wendy Apple and I from Trilogy Effects sat down with Vidu Dev, who is the vice president at GlaxoSmithKline Consumer Healthcare. Now, Vidu leads the prescription to OTC switch, digital transformation and R&D. She started her career as a pharmacist, and now she's a top leader at one of the world's biggest companies. She spoke to us about leadership and leading and what she's learned along the way. Vidu, can we start by you telling us a little bit about your career background? Yeah, of course. So um, I've been in the industry for, my gosh, uh, more than 20 years. And um, it's been a real journey, I would say. There's been trials and tribulations. There's been successes and advances. And I've had uh, many different roles across my, you know, the span of time I've been in the industry. Um, and they've been ranging from everything from medical affairs to clinical research to, um, you know, R&D innovation and Rx to OTC switch. Mm-hmm. And most recently, digital transformation. So it's just been a great variety of opportunity. And um, I'm really grateful for that. Such a broad range of areas of responsibility. Yeah, it is. Yep. And your background is uh, in the sciences, isn't it? Aren't you a a chemist, a pharmacist? Yes. I'm a pharmacist by training. Yes. Right. Boy, digital transformation. (laughs) That's a big leap. (laughs) I think we all have to make it right in some which way or form. (laughs) But it's exciting. I think that's where the trends are going. Uh, That's where we're seeing more consumerization. That's where we're seeing more personalization. And we're certainly seeing tremendous consumer adoption. So it's a fantastic area and opportunity to be a part of that. One thing I've always known about or noticed about uh, Vidu is her curiosity. She's very curious. She's very hungry to learn and to grow (laughs) and looking at what's next for her and her own development. Um, So uh, you can see the result of that. Right. With her <laughs> career. Thank you. Yeah. Unusual, but terrific career trajectory for sure. <laughs> Thank you. So I understand that you're a bit of a podcaster in your own right. Can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Well, that's a, that was another, you know, really fun opportunity that that came to me serendipitously. Uh, we were, you know, trying to create a, a, a change in our R and D organization and uh, bring some fun to it. So, this idea of creating a work stream that that was called the, the winning mindset uh, is one that I that I co lead with um, our HR partner, and it's really just a lot of fun to do. And the podcast came in as part of that, really as a way, especially in this time of COVID where we're all remote and you don't have that, that sharing as much as you know we did when we were all in the office. Mm-hmm. How can we start to showcase examples of the winning mindset, examples of creativity, agility, taking a risk, um, pushing against all odds, you know, perseverance, persistence, uh, you know, just 
pushing against boundaries, but also just the, the, the cross-functional kind of matrix that we have to work in and cross geographies and, and also ensuring that what we're doing is of value to the consumer, to our commercial colleagues. And so mm-hmm. I think it was, it's just been a really, um, really fun opportunity, honestly, to have the chance to lead them, to think about how I could bring diversity into them and topics and people but also how I could connect with some of the colleagues across the globe who I've not had the opportunity to work with and bring them to the forefront as, as names and talent that others can reach out to if the examples that I'm presenting resonate. And so um, they're internal podcasts. They're not, they're not for external viewing, but they've been quite a bit of fun to do. Mindset is such an important part of leadership. What, what in, in your opinion, makes somebody a successful leader? I don't think I can answer that with just a couple words. I think it's a multitude of things. I think Mm -hmm. there's, um, you know, a desire to succeed and make a mark in the world to create a product, a service um, of real interest and value to others. So there's that purpose-driven desire, right, to succeed. There's the pursuit of something new and unique because it it needs to be that, that the world is transforming and you can't just kind of go by what Mm. was there before and say that we'll just tweak that and and implement it for tomorrow. Hard work, long hours, um, focus. (laughs) So, you know, clear deliverables and and strategy, but also, you know, the eye of a hawk on what the competition's gonna do next, right? So we we need to have that that focus. Failure, I think teaches uh, humility and it also um, it, it also inspires you to really get it right the next time around. So I think failure is an important part of how we should be, uh, you know, embracing it as as we as leaders kind of lead teams and initiatives. Persistence, um, persuasiveness, uh, humility uh, is, is really important. Credit sharing, you know, a famous uh, quote that I really liked um, by John F. Kennedy was. You know, victory has a hundred fathers and defeat is an orphan. And I think that the more we could share credit, the more we can motivate uh, folks to do even more. So I think that's an important part. And just keep curious, keep learning, integrity, resilience. I think those are, uh, to me, um, really important for leadership. So Wendy, I wonder if you could kind of expand on the on the whole ethos about not being afraid to fail in business. Human is also the same word as humility. They're very very connected. And and I think I heard Vidu say that, you know, failure also brings about some humility um, that you need, need, we we all need that. And so there's that piece of it. And how does it relate to not being broken or not trying to fix anyone? It's not about anybody, you know, Vidu, she's my client, looking at Vidu and saying, ooh, I get to come in and fix Vidu, or I get to come in and fix this organization because it's a mess. It's all about surfacing the best in people and surfacing the best in an organization. And how do you bring out and pull out the best in and call forth the best in others? If you're not failing, you're not trying. If you're not, you're not putting yourself out there. And so maybe that is the link to humility. So what do you think is the key role that leaders should play in, in 
driving an organization to be innovative? So often when I work with teams it's um, and organizations and thinking about innovation, it's less trying to fix a problem and it's more from a what do we want to create standpoint? What do we want to create in the world? What do we want to see out there? And coming from that place. So this goes back to not wanting to fix. Because if you look for problems, you'll find more problems. The problems amplify. And it's kind of a rat hole that you go down. But if you move into the creation mindset, um, it really brings forth a lot of um, juice in people. I've seen the air get sucked out of the room or the energy get sucked out of the room through the the problem-solving conversations. And I don't know if you're finding that for yourself in the work that you're doing, uh, Vidu. Yeah, I, I think um, I think you're right. It's about creating, and um, a part of creating, you are in a way solving, but you're not going back and commiserating over things. You're kind of looking at them, kind of new, and and how can we uh, do it? You know, it's almost like the mindset. You know, it's a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, right? In a, in a fixed mindset, you're kind of stuck with. You know, uh, well, when you get up in the morning, it's like, oh, gosh, it's another morning. And with a growth mindset, you're going, it's another morning. What can I do this morning? You know, you're, it's, it's a different attitude and mindset that you're bringing to the table. And I think that does play a really big role, like you said, on energy, team kind of collaboration and, and the output you come to at the end. I think the other part of it is encouraging robust dialogue. So, you know, we, we tend to get caught up in um, PowerPoints and, and the formality of how you want to say things and, and um, how you want to be and present in front of, you know, uh, the forum that you're in. And I think it really needs to be more informal in order to encourage that robust dialogue, because it's robust dialogue that encourages people to test their thinking, to experiment and to cross check um, and and it's robust dialogue that ends in closure as well. So, you know, you're able to, to get all of that out, have a decision at the end and move on. And that's really important, I think, as we as we think about innovation and, and how we want to be as what do we want to encourage as leaders, along with appreciating, you know, the expertise we have on the teams and allowing them and empowering them to find creative ways to solve or the, the, the issue at hand. I'm wondering about the role of generous listening, listening in these robust conversations, Wendy. Can you explain that? Sure. Uh, we all listen through our own filters. You know, do I agree or disagree? Do I like that or don't I like that? You know, somebody's positing an idea, for instance, or just waiting to, to just give my idea whatever that is, and not really paying attention to what the other person's saying. So there's, a, there's, there's these filters of judgment, comparison, competition come up and they block our listening. So generous listening is really giving my full attention, trusting that when it's my, that I'll have an opportunity to put my idea out there, but listening through what could I, how could I build on this? Or I don't quite get it. What do they see that I'm not seeing? And, and moving into inquiry and curiosity, and how can I help them grow that idea? Uh, that's, that's the more generous listening, or even you could call it generative listening, because it's going to generate other things. In the absence of that, you're kind of in a ping pong match. Good, good people get shut down. I mean, the ideas get shut down, but so do the people. Mm. Yes. Do you find that, Vidu, when you're talking about yes. ro- having a robust conversation? 
Yes, definitely. I think it's, it is important. And I think there's also the, the cues. If you know the people well enough, there's cues that you can also say, hey, um, could you talk about that a little more? Could you expand? You know, when you sense a hesitancy, how to handle that hesitancy as a, as a leader is also an important part of the puzzle. It establishes better connectivity and trust, um, but it also allows for the person to feel like they they can get it all out and it's okay to do so. And so I think it's also listening for that, but yes, I would agree with you. Changing track a little bit here, Vidu, can you tell us a little bit about your introduction to leadership coaching and um, what did you learn from that? So it's interesting, you know, when I, um, I was introduced to leadership coaching really early in my career at a time where leadership coaching was actually not perceived as being a positive thing. So, you know, if you got a, if you got a leadership coach, that meant something was kind of not right with you and you needed a area of improvement and therefore, you know, you were assigned someone to help you. And, um, but I actually was able to break through that perception what do you like about Trilogy Effects approach to coaching? I think that they make it very personable and uh, it's, it's, so there's, they, they connect with you and because the, the way they connect with you allows you to, to want to hear what they have to say and implement what they're trying to bring to you. I think they're also, they have tremendous credentials, extensive experience and they're able to bring best learnings to a place um, or a situation that you're trying to, you know, really make the best it could be. And I just think that their their ability to connect and be very thoughtful, they're, they're very genuine and thoughtful about the approach they take, um, how they take it. You know, every part of the execution is very thoughtful and considerate. And that carries through, I think, from just a, a very human perspective. So it's not just, well, let me come in and, and tell you about this and a, a, like a didactic course one would take. It's, it's very much informal and that encourages dialogue. It encourages thinking. It encourages, you know, well, um, how, how would you say if I'm, if, if I'm in between thinking here, how would you advise on this? And I think there, it makes it easy to have like real conversations. I want to thank Fredu and Wendy for joining me on the show. And I also want to thank all our listeners too. Please check out the show notes for links to some of the resources and information that we mentioned in today's discussion. And make sure you never miss an episode of our podcast by subscribing wherever you tend to get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating or a review and recommend us to your friends and family and anyone in the world that you know who wants to learn how to become a better, stronger, more effective leader. I'm your host, Sherry Lynn Starkey, and this has been the Being Human is Good for Business podcast.